to Let's Talk Dog Business. Today, we are focusing on nightmare clients. So I've been seeing a lot lately on social media, and I know you have too, because we've been having this conversation, about people in general, again, within our industry, being really annoyed with clients. Yeah. So things like, why aren't clients doing what, what we're telling them as the professional? What else have you been seeing? Frustrate, just lots of frustration, a lack of commitment from them as well. Yeah, and you kind of have to ask yourself, why is that happening? And I think it's something that we've both worked really hard on with ourselves and in our businesses to go, why, why are we not now getting that frustration? Mm. Because I actually love all of the clients that come on board with us. Same. I'm, I really have a really good relationship with mine as well. Yeah. But I've definitely been there when they used to piss me off really. But actually looking inwards, it was never actually the clients. It was everything that I was doing. And it was the headspace that I was in. It was how I was, I suppose, even valuing myself. Mm. The messaging I was putting out. So even if I think it's easy to kind of go down a big marketing route, isn't it? And going, you should be putting all this stuff on social media, or you should be having your fancy websites, and you should be having all of this and, and all of that. But it's not even that type of messaging. It, it's how you even interact with the people that are showing an interest in your business. Yeah. And it's also put out what you want. So tell people who you're looking for. Yeah. So on our websites now, we say, who we want and who we don't want. Yeah, and who we don't want is such a biggie. Yeah, because people are scared of doing that, aren't they? Yeah. You can't do that, it's gonna alienate people. Mm -hmm. you, you, you need everybody. No, you don't. Yeah. For my university course, actually, I, I had to write down, it was, I, I, I chose to do it on dogs, obviously. And I think there's something like 12 million dogs in the UK. 12 million dogs. That's a lot of dogs, isn't it? And. Okay, arguably a lot of those are potentially in rescue, but out of 12 million dogs, surely you can put out who you don't want to be working with mm. and who you do want to be working with. Because realistically, a lot of us as solopreneurs, I don't even know if that term's banded around in yeah, our world. Yeah, <laughs> I um, keep hearing that a lot, actually. I like it. Yeah, I, I like, like a solopreneur. solopreneur. <laughs> um, so essentially, if you're working on your own, then how many dogs can you physically see? And how many of us actually determine what that number is? So everyone's always chasing mm. the money, chasing getting clients in, but do you even know what your capacity is? There used to be a thing in the organisation I was with, so many puppies and you'd win a prize if you trained this many puppies in wow. a year. Wow. It, so the number thing, is seeded yeah, it's early on. It's weird, isn't it? Because again, it doesn't really put the focus on that end result of the client. So how on earth are you going to attract nice, air quote, clients, Good or the quality. right ones for you, if all you're thinking about is the numbers? Getting them through the door. Yeah. And actually, how much good quality contact with you have they had if you've got a group of six or eight people in one class yep. just because you've got those numbers through the door doesn't mean <clears throat> they had the best experience with you yeah yeah exactly and even down to the whole <coughs> how they 
their, their experience of coming on board with you, like what, what have they seen? How have they managed to book? What's happened after they've booked on? All, all of that is going to impact the type of person you'll be attracting. And I think it's, it's quite easy, albeit I personally don't agree with it, it's quite easy to just almost go, yep, cool, got another book in, done. There's, there's an extra 60 quid in the bank. Or, and they are quite low numbers really, aren't yeah. they, with, with these things that we're looking at, it's like oh, 60 quid, 50 quid. You may get the odd 90, but I very rarely hear that. Yeah. About that 50, 60 mark seems to be. Maybe if you live in London or <coughs> those kind of areas, yeah. you might get 90 or 100, but. Yeah, but it's the equivalent of your 50, 60s, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's all there and thereabouts. And it's that whole, well, if you're not thinking about that whole process, then what, what are you attracting? Mm. And it kind of forms back to that mindset bit, doesn't it, that we've talked about before on if you're not even aware of the type of client that you're wanting to bring in or your motive is literally just to get thumbs on seats or I was at Peppa Pig World the weekend and there was a thing and it said cheeks on seats and I was like, I quite like it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Put those cheeks on seats. <laughs> <laughs> Digress. Um, but if that's all you're thinking about is getting people through the door to get some money in and because it's a dog that you can train, walk, groom, massage, whatever it is, you're coming at it from the wrong angle. So you're never, ever going to attract a decent client. And it'll be a bit fluky, I think, if you do get some decent ones, because again, it's all a numbers game. Mm. For all, all the crap that's out there, you'll, you'll naturally get some good ones as well. Yeah. And it very much is. Let, let's look at puppy classes or, yeah, let's, let's say puppy classes. With a lot of owners, it's some owners are in it because they want to prevent all these things happening. They might have had a dog before that have had mm -hmm. really bad experiences with, so they don't want that to happen again. Um, and you've just got really nice proactive owners that want to do the right thing. But a lot of them, are, it's a tick box exercise, isn't yep. it? I've been. And it's almost like I, I'm coming because I should. I've ticked the box. The experience wasn't that great. So I can blame the trainer because Ooh, it didn't that's go. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a... Yeah, the blame game. Yeah, that happens a lot. It does happen it? a lot. It, it does. does. And you're an easy scapegoat because who's gonna, who's gonna come and question? Yeah. What went on and what what you did in those classes? Nobody is really, are they? They're just gonna hear, oh, they were rubbish. We didn't get the result we wanted. You know. Yeah. So it's easy to blame. Yeah. To us, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Easy. And I think that's where we get frustrated, don't we? It's like, oh. It seems to be like, and everything always kind of just stacks on top and we talk about trigger stacking and stuff in dog world, don't yeah. we? But it happens to us as well. Yeah. So you run a class or you do a one-to-one, -one, the dog doesn't seem to be improving. You're beating yourself up inevitably, but you're also blaming that client because it's like, well, it's your responsibility to deal with your dog, mm -hmm. but I'm the one giving you that information. So then there's frustration building there there's possibly no structure to how you are doing those sessions, as in the long-term goal. Because if you're offering ad hoc and it's up to the client, squeaky chair, <laughs> um, and it's up to the client, then how are you ever going to get consistency with what's what's going on? So of course you're going to get frustration, and of course yeah. those clients. Them, and, and the thing is, if you've not got that relationship with the client, is the client even going to tell you that they're pissed off, or are they just going to walk away? Yeah. And then you're kind of left in this abyss of, yeah, 
yeah. are we doing another session? Are we not? Are you, are you now ghosting me? Oh, well, blame game on client. Yeah. Like, you're at, you're at fault here. I've tried to contact you. You haven't done anything. And just bat it off. Yeah, and then you look at the group situation, don't you, and go, well, you're trying to accommodate six, eight, ten, however many clients people have in a room, however many dogs they have in a room. And then you're always trying to do the right thing by them because we do. That's what we're trying. We're all in it for the same reason. We want to do the best for the humans. We want to do the best for the dogs. And in doing that, we sometimes need to. So let's talk about things like barriers, for Mm -hmm. example. So you've got a group situation. You've got one dog that isn't coping very well because of the visual visual stimulus. So a lot of trainers use barriers. Mm. As much as you explain to an owner and say this is for the good of your dog for yeah. you to take the stress away or reduce the stress for you and also for the other owners in the room because you're accommodating all these different people invariably you upset them yeah. and, and that we haven't even talked about the language we would use and the way we would try and communicate that across but let's just assume we've done everything right you're probably going to offend somebody oh yeah and and sometimes that person will come and say something to you but in the times where it happened to me you either get a snotty email back and because I was part of a franchise, I would get the email go straight to the person in charge and I would be the one that would have to answer all the questions regarding this. Have I made Mm. them feel uncomfortable? Have I, you know, was everything done how it should be? And you're on the back foot straight away. So you've got somebody that you're trying to do the right thing for and going, hang on a minute, I've tried everything I can to help this. And they've just gone straight to the person above you. Yeah. And and there's nothing you can do in that situation then. And and so that's really hard. But again, because you're trying to accommodate too many people in a room, I don't know what I expected really. <laughs> no, it's so difficult. I've been in that situation before. We we got in touch with the local vets and we decided to strike up a collaboration, which I was quite impressed with because how bloody difficult is it to get really that? Really difficult, so um, tick box one. Oh no, I was like, yes, we're in. But then we ran a, we was doing a bit of a trial, so we ran a three month puppy class. And I hated calling it a puppy class, but again, I'm very much a believer of sell them what they want, give them what they need. Yeah. So we sold it as this, this three month puppy class. And the vets actually referred one of their clients to us to come and work with them. Now, this particular client was a little bit anxious, let's say. They were of a more challenging breed of human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their dog really struggled in the class environment. So we, several weeks in, we kept having conversations with them. And we did a hybrid approach where we were doing one-to-one sessions with them as well. But within the, the class environment, we ended up having to put some trestle tables out to do a visual blocker. And instead of them having the conversation with me, they went straight back to the vets. And then the vets called me in. And I felt like I was being told off. Being judged and told off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Summoned in. Yeah, like quite literally summoned in. And you're thinking, oh my God, what is going on here? And I felt myself being really defensive, really on the back foot of going, there is a reason I was doing that. It's not like it was for a alienating but that dog was barking and screaming could not cope in that environment very well we had the conversation about maybe it's not the right environment but of course the human was really really annoyed because they didn't feel like their dog got to participate in anything and it it's hard when you're in that situation and that for me 
was even more challenging because it kind of went on and it tainted the relationship a little bit with the vets. That I'd worked really hard to, to get in yeah. with. But the learnings you can take from it is you're not going to please everybody. And I could sit here bitching and moaning about that particular client and how much of a hell she made my life and all of this. But instead, I've really tried to retrain my brain over the years to go, okay, what's, what can I do differently then? How can I make that situation better? And you almost have to go to the extremes of everything because you're human beings, aren't you? So you naturally default to an extreme of some mm. kind. You either want to go, fuck it, forget it, we're just going to leave it there and screw, screw everybody, I'm not doing it again. Or you can then go, right, well, what actually can we do? And then you go into over-delivery mode. But instead, I, I kind of chose to go down the middle grounds on that one and go, look, I will take you out of class, or how you can still come to class, but let's leave the dog at home. So you can still get all the learnings. And we will give you an additional one or two one-to-one -one sessions. Didn't overly appease, but it, at least it was that value offered. And to, and to see everything through, because we all know that you don't really need a dog to be able to teach them anything. Come at me with pitchforks, but <laughs> a lot of this is owner education. And kind of going through that experience has enabled me to really look at how we, we do have conversations with clients and the things that I really need to be mindful of. So my whole approach now is about absolutely stating the types of person that I want to work with and more importantly who my programs are not for mm. and I actively put it out there that this is not for you if you want a quick fix this is not for you if you have not got 20 minutes a day to put into training and I literally bullet point things like that on the website and say this is not for you this is not for you and almost it's that <coughs> it's that qualifying list then to go I can't possibly get annoyed at you if you've determined that you're not right for me in that mm. sense. And if anything, I then just attract better clients for me personally that align with my values because I'm putting it out there. Mm. And the same as all of you listening now, you'll either really resonate with us or you'll think, what a load of bollocks. <laughs> you, you're going to fall into one. entitled to their opinion. You are. You're going to fall into different camps. So being able to talk to your clients in the same way is so massively important because if you've not got a human that's going to listen to you, you can't help that dog. And I think that's the one thing I personally feel from when I first started and some of the stuff I still see now because, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm still an active CPD chaser. Anytime I see a new badge or certificate come up, I'm like, let me do it. I need, need it. <laughs> and I don't need it, but I want it. <laughs> But I still don't see many people talking about the human half of this. And a lot of people I personally feel go into a dog profession of some kind to work with the animal because they don't like people. Well, you're a little bit screwed. It's a big shocker, isn't it? <laughs> it's a massive it's shocker. It's a huge surprise for some people. Yeah. It's, it's We've just had that on our recent cohort of wannabe dog trainers, haven't we? Yeah, They've yeah. realised how little you work with the dog. Yeah, I think they realised it a little bit and then they've yeah. gone, okay, yeah. so it really is not much to do with the dogs, is it? Yeah. I mean, it is, the knowledge is there, mm -hmm. but the actual 
cuddling dogs bit is not and I'm sure again with lots of these other professions in the industry it's exactly the same as that yeah. I mean with the exception of like physio and canine massage and grooming but you know there are other elements of it where it's very hands-off isn't it yeah yeah really hands-off so you've got to be able to have that skill to you've almost got to be like that human psychologist as well haven't you you have oh, to be able hugely. to pick up just as much as you're all taught about dog body language you need to be aware of the human half of it because if what they're saying and what they're doing are two very different mm. things you need to read between the lines and go okay there's something that's not landing here and some people's faces says it say oh it all, i love they? people's faces <laughs> you and i have these same faces for each other and we're like what <laughs> shut up <laughs> but i i'm working with a client at the moment and i absolutely love them but it's taken time to build that rapport to the point now where i can be like what's that face about like that face does not seem happy with what i've just said and they'll go uh uh no no it's it's fine we'll do it and i'm like no let's explore it because clearly there's something that hasn't landed you're either not comfortable with what i've suggested or you don't understand it or whatever it is but let's go there and i think having that confidence and the ability to do that is so important mm. because i could also have easily walked away from a million situations having gone, well, I've given you the information. It's up to you what you do with it. But if you don't do it, then it's not going to get fixed. And I'd be a bit blasé around it. But ultimately, if that person is telling you through their body language that they either don't understand it, they don't get it, they don't want to do it, they don't think they can do it, there's always a reason. And you have to explore the reason exactly the same way you would dissect dog training or behaviour case. It's just so important. Yeah. And it's the only way that's going to be able to be, be able to happen is if you've got that really good understanding of each other, mm -hmm. which is why for me, the, the person psychology almost, again, pitchforks, yeah. outweighs the dog. Yeah, no, I, I would 100% agree. Because 100 yes, agree. you need to know about the other and that is your knowledge fountain and everything but the yeah if you're not a good if you're not a good people person you're really not going to be a good dog professional are you no no not not at and all and you can easily with just one little comment completely get the wrong like I've had clients mm -hmm. where I've not been careful enough with what I said I always think I am and then as soon as it's left my mouth I'm like oh god that didn't go down the way I hoped it would yeah. and it's spiky like you can see them change mm -hmm. the tension you know let's imagine we're looking at a dog that's about to react <laughs> you get this we're like oh okay how can i pacify it but then again you sometimes can can't you so you draw things out of your brain in a split second and go okay so although i said that <laughs> and you can yeah. kind of deflect it a little bit but some people are like it's too far gone yeah like you've done it you've done. said it it's not you know and there's difficult conversations isn't there that you have to have there are some dogs that you have to have that conversation of i don't and i don't say this very lightly or very often that dog from a welfare point of view should yeah. not be going out for walks it yeah. should not be doing those things that other dogs can do but if you just say that like you are going to create that spiky reaction off a lot of people but if you say it in a you know let's put ourselves in that place and let's ha come from a place of understanding. Yeah. Like, 
I know how it feels, or I've been there, or I, you know, there's there's a way you can do it where you put yourself in that position and you come at it from a different angle, and then those owners are most likely to kind of just soften a little bit. They mm. might not just go, oh, okay, we, we're totally on board with that. And I'm working with a family at the moment, and we're having the same, not a struggle, but I'd say this little drip of information. So what I'm doing is trying to kind of feed it in without going you really shouldn't be walking this dog mm. so it that would be too blunt for them but it might be that with another client it's the right approach because you've kind of got that different relationship with them yeah. so it's all about how you how they'll take you and how vice versa yeah, 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 and, and and this is it. It it all boils down to that that messaging you're putting out there. However, you're doing your messaging, whether that is on a website, on your social media, but more so how you're actually being in person with with that client or even that potential client. How are you handling that whole process of them coming on board? Because if you're not again, if there's no, if there's no structure, if there's no way for them to truly understand you and vice versa how do you know what you're jumping into mm. it's almost like doing a bit of a dating game isn't it it's yeah. like you're just going to go on a blind date and hope for the best and then get really pissed off at the person if they don't buy you dinner yeah <laughs> yeah but you you haven't done any pre-work there's no yeah oh. and also a lot of the, uh, this again just going back to mindset the belief system if you believe what you're offering and you're serving that client is valuable to them yeah you will put that across in a way that comes from I'm I'm here to help you. Yeah. Okay. You may think that it's not right for you when you initially hear of it or see it, you know, like you just see it in front of you. But actually if we're coming at it from a place of passion and love, which is what we all do, I yeah. believe, no matter what you do, I think that's where we're all coming from when it comes to animals, then it's putting that work in with knowing how best to get that message across to them, but without it being, I'm better than all the others, or you should pick me over them, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, it's kind of going off tangent a little bit, but I, everything is always related, isn't it? Like, I don't yeah. even think you can go off tangent completely, because it is all under the same umbrella of the business behind your, your dog businesses. Collaboration and competition. It's such a... I, we've touched on it before, like all of us turn into resource guarders. Mm. And like, oh my God, look, there's a new dog. Like we all still do it. If a new dog trainer opens up in your area, you immediately go. <gasps> oh, it's, it's just in you yeah. to do that. It's built in like, oh, protection. Crap, oh now what God. am I going to do? Whereas actually. And, and that's another thing I see on social media. Yeah. I don't know if you see it a lot, but I'll yeah. see people go. <gasps> Oh my God, that's it now. I'm done for. Yep. There's a new one in town. They're offering, they're um, charging less than me. Yeah, they've totally undercut me. All of this. The I now need me. to slash my prices. And like, why? What? Why? <laughs> like, if you saw a retail, like Starbucks are everywhere, aren't they? Like, if you see a Starbucks open up at one end of the high street and another one at the bottom end, it's like, come on now. Or even at a different coffee shop. You're still going to go to the bleeding coffee shop. You're not going to lose anything. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Vicky and I are in the same area. Well, within like yeah. 15, 20 minutes-ish. And we, we work some of our clients together. We don't even necessarily refer to each other. We just work them together. And we've now got a joint training business that, that serves those clients because we knew that we were better in a partnership than we would be on our own. And 
for me, that's quite unique in itself in this industry. It may be happening, but again, I don't think it's very prevalent. You don't see it being talked no, about. But we'd love to hear about it if that is the case. Yeah, like we honestly like get get on our socials and, and tell us because we love all of this. This is our mission to be able to really change this industry and get everybody working better together, uplifting it, putting value back in into the world and stop all of this. Yeah, like I say, this resource guarding, this reactiveness. <laughs> like it literally, is. all the labels we put on dogs, yeah. we're all doing it to our own businesses. We do a lot of the things that dogs do, actually. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> we really do. Um, but all of this is going to impact how you are perceived by your client. Mm. And surely, from a client's point of view, what's going to sound better? Like, oh, well, suddenly you've just completely slashed your prices, or you may be doing like all of these offers of like you buy one, you get one free, or you buy this and you get an extra session, or whatever. It's all of these like reactive tactics. Yeah, again. but also that doesn't go down well with existing clients or clients no. that have used you recently either. No. Like if they've paid full price and then you come in and go, everyone it works with me between this time and this time gets it 50%. You're yeah. like, hang on a minute, I do it in shops where I've like bought mm -hmm. something and then go back the next week and it's half price. I'm like, hang on a minute, I'm just, yeah. and I know that's the nature of going shopping or whatever, but you feel like taking it back and then buying it again at oh, half yeah. price, don't I do. you? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, it I makes do you, that. gets you back up straight away, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't do well for anyone really, like you're yeah. losing out, yeah. the client before you is losing out, the person who's gaining is the new client, but then mm -hmm. really are they? Like, are they going to value that if you're just halving it? They'll go, well, you were obviously too much in the first place then if you can half the price. Yeah. That's it, it how makes, it's looked at. Yeah, it, it makes people feel uncertain that you don't actually know what you're talking about. And we've talked about it in a, in a different episode about offering far too many products and services. But it, it's that same kind of thing. It's like if you feel uncertain as a buyer, you're not going to buy. Or even if you do and there's any level of uncertainty, it's not going to be a very good working relationship. No. Even no. if they have given you the money and there has been a transaction and you have gone and delivered the service you have promised, whether that is walking, a groom, a training session, any level of uncertainty will show its face at some mm. point. Yeah, the lack of confidence in you will show. Yeah. It definitely will show. And that's why, going back to mindset again, which is why we're always going to leap back to mindset. Whatever mm -hmm. we talk about, there's going to be mindset yeah. mentioned. Oh, yeah. Like you just caveat for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to keep coming back to it yeah. because we feel like it's so important because you have to believe in yourself and your yeah. abilities and your product services. Like, because mm -hmm. if you don't, it literally, it's like a big flashing beacon and people can see it a mile off yeah. and go, well, if she's not confident in what she's offering, how is she going to help us? Yeah. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And I think, you know, we we overcomplicate everything from the amount of services we offer to the lack of clarity in our messaging. Um, for me, like, there's a big bugbear again on social media. And uh, by the way, I do not have the answers for this. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. We're always a work in progress. But it, it's really trying to find something that is going to land and resonate with the human part of that human dog relationship because ultimately they are the buyers. You can have all the dog knowledge in the world, mm. but if you cannot resonate and put a message out there that will land with your potential clients, then it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And even to the point where I see dog trainers, especially, 
showing actually really amazing videos of look what they've been doing with this dog and I've been, I've been doing some mini tests over the years and they just don't seem to go down that well with the public mm. in terms of like yeah so what I'd kind of expect you to do that mm, that's the yeah. whole that's the whole purpose of of you, of you yeah. whereas when you're more open and real about yourself and your values and why you're doing this and maybe the relationships you've created with your fellow clients that they're going to resonate more with that mm. it's more relatable than a oh look at bob we've just taken bob and fido out today and fido's managed to do some brilliant loose lead walking awesome end video yeah and, and nobody has any relationship with them and it doesn't hold any sort of value with them whereas those things that you've just talked about should be shouting about those things yeah there should be that's what it should all be about mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. I, I've had people come to me saying, I've spoken to several dog trainers, but I already decided that I wanted to work with you as soon as I'd spoken to you because I could relate to you. I can see that you're a busy mum of two young kids and you've got two huskies and that sounds like carnage, but you seem to be managing <laughs> it. You can do it. <laughs> I'm like, if you can yeah. do it, anyone can I was do like, it. But that, that's the relatability bit. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, I do not do half the amount of work I should do with my own dogs. Like, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't as dog trainer owners do we? We no, don't do any work with our own dogs. Isn't it? Mm, we do it with everybody else's. Until we've got the car we've got now, our cars were like sheds. My husband's a mechanic. <laughs> like, we were always the last one to get our car sorted yeah. and fixed. And it's like, well, no, because I've got other people to sort first. And it's yep. just the way it is with any industry, isn't it? Yep. So I think people, but I, I also think that clients like to hear that and go. Yeah, they love it. They, they you know, this whole thing about, I know we're talking about well, we are talking about clients, aren't we? The, uh, oh, so the dog gets on the bed. Oh, yeah. Gets on the bed and like, <laughs> yeah, mine are always on the bed. They burrow under the quilt. They yeah. literally take it over and they literally got go, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay, so I can be normal with you. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, you can be normal with me anyway, but yeah. it helps, doesn't it, that mm -hmm. relatability thing. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. And then, again, whoever you are as a person, be your authentic self. Mm. And again, I think it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. So a lot of these things that, that we go through, they're actually quite simple in nature. They're quite simple really to, to do, but they're not. They're really not because mindset again. We put so many blockers in, we overcomplicate our lives all the time because we put our own blockers in the way and it's easy. And I do think it's a society thing. I think it's just something that's hardwired into all mm. of us to always look at the negative. Mm. It's hard. No one wants to pay that much money. Mm. Clients are shit. They've got the wrong dog. They shouldn't have that. And you put all of this annoyance into your delivery. Yeah. Yeah. No when one else does it. We can't do that. Nobody else does it. Yeah. Oh, you be the person to do it then. Yeah. Well, like, oh, it's all right for so-and-so because maybe they don't have to worry about bringing in the money or something. I've actually just got a chase for it. Oh, it's all right for so-and-so. They've got more budget to spend on marketing or whatever it may be. Um, victim type victim, mentality, yeah. isn't it? And if you have that mentality from the outset, you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve anyway. Yeah, no. And, and your clients will feel it. Mm -hmm. Whether they're working with you or not, whether you're putting messages out there or not, you will put something out there subliminally to your clients and they will go, Mm, uncertainty. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going there. It's such a big thing, isn't it? That now we're talking about it. I, 
I knew it, but I love this because it <laughs> really comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, that uncertainty thing. Yeah. And for me, when I first started this journey, like when I met you, that was the biggest thing for me, wasn't it? If mm -hmm. I didn't feel clarity in it and I didn't feel confident in it, I was like, mm -mm. I'll just go back to my safe place where yeah. I, I know what to do yeah. and I know it works because everybody else does it. Yeah. So it's like a fail safe for me. And I really have to, I really had to push myself out of my comfort zone and I felt like I was on show to everybody and just going, like when I first got my first paying client of my like programs that I do now, I was like, Oh my God, someone just actually paid me to do that. I can't believe it. How much did they pay you? So what did you go from? <laughs> so actually, this is quite good to go there. So you went from what? 60, 80 quid? 80 pound course. 80 pound course, what, six weeks? Pound. Yeah, six week course is 80 pound to a 10, 11 week programme, which was 997. And that was mainly, no, it was all one to one. Mm -hmm. And how many sessions were in that? Uh, 11, 10 or 11. Yep. How many are in it now for the same price? Oh, that price and more. Uh, it's about six now. How many are in it now? No, how many like sessions are in your 997 oh, package? Oh, yeah, sorry, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, it's about six, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you went through that uncertainty. I did too. So when, when I first started doing this, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. But actually, as soon as I started doing that and I gained more confidence in, I don't even know how to put it, because it wasn't even necessarily confidence in myself because there was loads of fear there. But looking at it from the client's point of view and knowing that they needed certainty, I actually knew what I was selling for once. Yeah. Rather than, oh, well, I've got one session or two sessions, or you can buy five, and if you buy five, it's cheaper. And I was putting all of Why my crap on them so then they're going well just tell me which one i need and that uncertainty had come in so they'd go middle of the road oh i'll i'll just do maybe like two or three then yeah so when ask your advice they're asking it yeah you need to be able to tell them yeah not wishy-washy around it not not kind of yeah. you know skirt from one to the oh well you really could do with that but yeah. either or really and they just don't need that no, uh, no. and and back to what we were saying on another episode about you need you're the professional you mm -hmm. should be telling them what they need yeah not them telling you so therefore your brain should go straight to if it's the most expensive one you need that's the one you need yeah and that's a genuine place of like love and passion yeah not because you want the most money that you get and this is this is the thing when we talk about money we're not talking about being money grabbing we're no. talking about an exchange of a service that's valuable to that person. Yeah, and if that person that. is gonna, so I, I have, I, I we offered a, a lower priced um, offering, didn't we, of like um, a day. Yep. And that was something that I didn't get that many people take up on, but I had somebody who had a quite, um, yeah, it's got a reactive dog that was in your mind, you know it's months and months of work. If not more than that, if not up to a year or more than that even. And she was kind of um and ah and about the more expensive package and the the day one. And I stupidly probably didn't say clear, clearly enough from the outset, it needs to be this one. I can't actually remember. I think I maybe did, but I can't remember it. Yeah. It obviously wasn't clear enough. Anyway, after some deliberation, a week or so went by, she came back and was like, Vicky, I really want to work with you. And 
I'm, I'm up for the day one. And I was just like, no, I, I, I'm not prepared to take your money because it's not going to yeah. fix your problem. Like, it's not going to solve it. I don't want to take £500 of your money and it not have the desired effect because I will feel awful and you will, you know, your review of me isn't going to be very good, but you're not going to recommend me to other people either. Yeah. So it, it kind of looking at it from that whole thing, I was like, no, I'm not willing to do that. And it, do you know how hard that was for me to just turn that money away? Because yeah. it would have been in my bank that day. I was like, no, not doing it. And I stood by it and I hoped she'd change her mind and go for the other one, but she didn't. She was like, I just can't afford it. I was like, okay, that's fine. And I had to just, again, I'm out, walk away from it because there was yeah. nothing I could do to change it because it was just about, yeah, the money. Yeah. And, it is, and, and I think that's such a lovely story because that is where you put the clients first and you know that you know who you want to be working with and you know the value in yourself. And this is the stage where I think a lot of us need to do a, a ton of work on ourselves. Yeah. Like we're still doing work on oh, ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's never, never stops. Yeah. It never it stops. It never ever ends because there's always a new challenge that comes yeah. in, always. And there's always something new that you'll learn and you'll want to try and shoehorn that in somewhere. But I think the, the biggest takeaway from this episode we want you to have is really start to think about who you want to be working with, tie in your values again. So if you haven't got any values written down, write go, them. go and figure what they are, like write them down, write some things that, that come to mind. Um, and see if people can relate to them, or if all of a sudden it just becomes clearer that, oh, so if that person was to inquire with you, you could immediately discount them because they do not align with your values. Mm. And, and again, I had a, an, a client ring up last week or the week before, and I, I just had a feeling right from the outset, we had a conversation and it wasn't right for either of us. And again, I quite quickly realized that, and I was like, do you know what, it's fine, you know, we, yep. it's not meant to be and that's it and I wasn't, had no hard feelings about it I literally was like I know we're not for each other and there was no kind of disappointment because I think I'd have been disappointed if I'd worked with them yeah so that's for me I accept really hard initially it's really hard to accept and then when you get better at yeah. that growth of yourself you go I know it's the right decision and I don't look yeah. back now yeah and this is where it's hard isn't it because all roads do kind of lead back to this money thing because mm. you're going, oh my God, I'm turning away money. And as a solopreneur or whatever you want to call yourselves, that's hard. That is hard to be in a situation where you are chasing a paycheck to try and match your full-time income that you were possibly previously on or trying to even just make ends meet so your bills are paid. It's hard to turn away work. Yeah, and if you read that on paper and went, yeah, Joe's just turned away somebody that could have paid a thousand pounds. Yeah. You'd be like, are you actually mad? Why the hell would you do that? Yeah. Like, that's what someone would ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ask myself it now. <laughs> <laughs> There's some months where I'm like, oh my God, I am actually, I do need some money this month. But I can't do it. And that's why it's so important to have those values because I've been there and I've done it and I've wore the t-shirt where I've worked with people I've genuinely hated. And that's not because they weren't nice people. We just didn't align in our values. So everything was difficult. Everything was painful. I'd be going to bed like fearing a text message from them or a shitty email or it just wasn't worth it. Mm. And the more work you do on yourself and the better your messaging gets for yourself, that naturally then comes out, 
everything just it does become easier yeah and also coming back to that messaging and what you offer is um if you change your mindset about what you're willing to give somebody for that exchange of money and you're willing to give them your all because you feel like because you paid me this money and because you're putting your trust in me I'm going to give you mine and yeah. I'll give you everything of me. I mean, I don't mean everything, but I mean, you're going to get over yeah, yeah. and above of yeah. what you think. I hope, hopefully that's how my clients see mm -hmm. me is that I give, you know, at least what they expect and more. Yeah. And, and it's that thing of like, we offer 24 seven support for people, don't we? Yep. And when you hit, <laughs> when I said you this to argued people, with me on this I did argue I... with you and I was horrified <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, what if I, what Especially when we've what just been I... talking about boundaries and you're yes. not going to work these days. But, but... this is, the, but it's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. The boundary thing, it is. And it was like, oh my God, what if I'm on holiday? What if I'm this? What if I'm that? Uh. And, and straight away, I was, I could see myself looking at my inner self, backing away from it all, going, oh no, no, you've just said too much now. Like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And now, I offer that as a, as a given, people don't take advantage no. of it. They, in fact, they're the opposite. I'm always saying to people, I'm not going to see you now for two or three, because Christmas is coming. Like, it might be three weeks till I see them again. And I'm like, please use that group. Like, honestly, I want you, I don't want you to be stuck. I don't want you to be doing the wrong thing. I don't want you to feel like, because it's Christmas, just do it. Yeah. I might not get back to you straight away, but I will get back to you. So like, that's how I am. I'm like, use it. Yeah. So when people have this horrified look on their faces of like, oh my God, you'll get people messaging you all hours. I used to get that before mm. when I was charging 80 quid. Yep. I don't get it now. When you weren't offering 24 seven. <laughs> I didn't know if I offer it then. <laughs> and I used to get that all the time. Yeah. Oh, one just quick thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That's what I used to, and that's again, back to that, they're a nightmare client. Well, no because I was like, this is all you're getting and that's it. And they were like, oh no, we want more, we want more. And mm -hmm. overstepping that boundary of like, no, that's all I'm willing to give. Whereas now I'm in the mindset of like going, if you're willing to give me this, I'll give you that back. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. I love that. It's I know. Such a, it's such a lovely way of ah. just that exchange, isn't it? It's yeah. like, yeah, here's, here's my value and the value you're giving me, it just happens to be money. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's like, we will always pay for things that we value. A house is only worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. Look at you coming out with all these now. I know. <laughs> I'm impressing myself. <laughs> On that, I think we need to... Uh, wrap it up. Yeah, we need I to agree. wrap it up. I agree. So, yeah, if you've enjoyed listening to our conversation today, then we actually have a free giveaway. So there'll be a link in the show notes to this. Get it and let us know what you think. Yeah.